Thank you, Brother Randy. That was uh, that was a uh, very beautiful. That's a beautiful song. I love that song. I love when he sings that. So, um, well, uh, at this time, we'll go ahead and I guess release the kids for Children's Church, um, unless I can bribe them to stay here for some candy. I don't know. <laughs> I thought about that, but I thought if I start doing that, then I'm gonna have to keep everyone. I'm gonna have to get all you guys candy too. So. Oh. Well, um, again, there is a handout. Uh, if you've got a bulletin, there should have been a handout in your bulletin. If you didn't get a handout for this morning's message, uh, if you just lift your hand in the air, we'll make sure somebody uh, gets, gets you one of our handouts for this morning's message. Um, we're going to be in the book of John today. Uh, we're going to be looking, you know, uh, again, you'll notice at the top of your handout, it says, Thus saith the Lord. Uh, the focus, again, being on the Word of God this morning is what our message is going to be uh, tying into in, in John chapter 6. Uh, again, that is our, our theme at Galilee Baptist Church this year because we want to focus on the Word of God. We want to make sure we understand that uh, the foundation, we're laying that foundation, what this uh, everything that this church is going to do is going to be done based on the Word of God and in obedience to the Word of God. And so that is the important thing. We must understand that uh, and, and establishing what it is uh, that we're getting into. This is, this, while it's a book written by men, it is, it, is, it is the Word of God. And we're going to see that this morning in our message. So uh, if you, um, let's go ahead and open in a word of prayer and then we'll get into our text this morning. Father God, Lord in heaven, creator of the heavens and the earth, you are sovereign, you are uh, all-powerful, all-knowing, uh, never-changing. The great God that you are, Father, we lift your name on high. We come before you this morning eager to get into your word, to hear your word preached, Father. I'm thankful and honored to be able to preach behind this sacred desk, to share your word with each and every one there. Father, use me mightily to deliver the message. Fill me with your spirit, Father. Uh, therefore, your word will go forth, not mine. Uh, Father, I pray that uh, everyone here would be open and attentive to the word, that you would soften hardened hearts, that you would uh, prepare minds to receive the word, to apply it to our lives, Father. Help us to be doers of your word, not hearers only. Uh, let us be obedient to the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit as He directs. Father, I pray that if there's anyone here that does not know You as their Lord and Savior, that today will be their day of salvation. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. John chapter 6. Um, John chapter 6. Beginning in verse 53. The Bible says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh, and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. 
These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. So I want to visit with you this morning about handling the word of truth, handling the word of God, dealing with truth. As we walk around in this world today, we are bombarded in a, in a, with a present world view that has gone crazy cuckoo. We have a world view that if somebody would have told me uh, 25 years ago that we would be defunding our police force, I would have said, you're crazy. If somebody would have come to me and told me that we were going to uh, allow children uh, to wait until they were 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old to decide what their sex is at birth, I would have said, you're nuts. We are being bombarded in a present world, world view that has gone cuckoo, and there's a lot of people who are falling for it, that are tagging right along with it. To the point that it's not even about uh, choosing your sex. You can be a cat or a dog if you want to. And, and we, we want to walk away from the wisdom of God to follow the foolishness of man. Our present worldview is, is, you know, it's quite co contrary to what we as Christians would believe. We do look at it and say, these people are crazy. They're out of their minds. But are you prepared to be confronted by some people who believe this, this way? Are you prepared to share with somebody who might... Uh, fall for this present worldview that might come to you uh, because you're being a little different, because you, you show something in your life where they see you're different. They see the hope. There's hope in you in a hopeless world. And, and so uh, are you prepared to share with somebody why you believe what you believe? It's easy to say, well, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Well, why? Are you prepared? We, we used to tell our teens that all the time in our youth group. You need to know why you believe what you believe because somebody's going to confront you. Do you know how to handle the word or handle the truth of God's word? 
Do you doubt the truth of God's Word? Maybe, maybe you're one of those who, there's things you read in here and you think to yourself, well, is that really true? Uh, you know? Or maybe you're one of those who denies the truth. Uh, or one of the, there are those who say that the, the Bible, it, it doesn't, it's not all the Word of God, but it contains the Word of God. Well, who decides what is and isn't the Word of God? You do. That's a good place to be in, right? Because then when you find something here that, well, I don't really agree with that, so that must not be the Word of God. Because if I agreed with it, you know, that's how I tell, because God shows me if I agree with it. Really? We are not to doubt the Word of God. We're not to deny the Word of God. We're to devour the Word of God. We should be into it. We should, we should know everything that there is to know about the Word of God as much as we possibly can. And again, one of the biggest struggles we see in our world today is the fact that many of us do know the truth of God's Word, but we don't share it because we might offend somebody. See, we're in a present worldview. We're in this woke society where just the slightest thing can upset somebody. Our colleges have cry rooms for people to go into so that they can because they've been offended by somebody. A place that they can have quiet time because somebody offended them. We live in a world that's easily offended. So I want you to consider for a moment. Uh, I want you to consider for a moment, how do you handle the truth? Where are you in all of this? Uh, do you doubt the Word of God? Do you deny the Word of God? Or are you one that devours the Word of God? Uh, I, I remember seeing a commercial one time. Uh, it was kind of a funny commercial. Uh, Abraham Lincoln is uh, sitting there reading a book when in comes his wife. And, uh, you know, his wife was a short, very plump lady, right? And she comes in and she says, Abe, does this dress make me look fat? And Abraham Lincoln, well, what do we know about Abe? He's honest Abe, right? Abe can't tell a lie. He's not going to lie to his wife. And you just see Abe sitting there with that deer in the headlights look like, I've got to answer this question. And I already know the consequences of my answer. So he's afraid to answer it. So, there, so uh, there's his wife staring at him in his stunned silence. And finally he kind of lifts his finger and he says, maybe just a little? And she just storms out of the room. She storms out of the room. Uh, you know, uh, why? She came in and asked an honest question, right? She asked an honest question. You know what the problem was? She didn't want an honest answer. She just wanted to hear something that made her feel good. And that's what our world wants. Our world doesn't want the truth. Uh, 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 homosexuals don't want to come up and say, is homosexuality wrong? Is gay marriage wrong? They don't want to hear the truth. Okay? But at the same time, we don't want to give the truth all the time. We're quick to point out homosexuality is wrong. But how many of us have... Uh, uh, heterosexual friends that are living in marriage or living in a in a together outside of marriage and we don't say a word to them so you know we need to be careful uh, how we handle the word of truth and but we got to give the truth whether they like it or not we need to be like honest Abe we need to tell them the truth whether they want it or not many people desire to know the truth but when confronted with it they get angry because they couldn't handle the truth I heard a saying once, searching for the truth is easy, accepting the truth is hard. You can't take things the way you want to and 
to make yourself happy. So my proposition to you this morning is, how are you handling the truth? This morning I would like to share with you three thought, uh, three thought-provoking questions that Jesus asks in our text that will help you recognize how you handle the truth. You will fit into one of these three categories. The first one we see in verse 61. In verse 61, Jesus asks a very pointed question here. He says, uh, when Jesus knew in himself that the disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, doth this offend you? Doth this offend you? Jesus asked the question because he knew some of his disciples were murmuring. Uh, they were doubting what they had just heard Jesus telling them. Do you get into the Word of God? When you read the Word of God, do you look at things and you think, well, I doubt that really happened. I, I doubt that uh, those things happened the way they happened or, or I, I don't agree with that. What, what is it that these guys were having a problem with? Well, we, when we go back, and in that, I, that's why I read from 53 down through, uh, you know, uh, 59, was the idea of what he's telling them. That he's telling them, look, he's telling them that you need to drink of my blood and eat of my flesh. And I mean, what's that to a Jew? Uh, Jews are like, what are you talking about, man? Leviticus makes it very clear. We are not, when they killed an animal for sacrifice, they bled it out. They were not to partake of any of the blood. The blood is where the life is, according to Leviticus. Do not drink the blood. And you're telling us, not on top of that, you're not even talking about an animal. You're talking about a human being. That's cannibalism. Well, it's, it's no wonder they said this is a hard thing to hear. The Jews are like, this is very hard for us to hear. How many of us get into the Bible and we've come across something that, man, this is really hard to read. I don't know that I, I, I don't know that I agree with it. Uh, you know, I doubt that Jesus is really that way. I, I doubt that I doubt that God would want to destroy everyone in Canaan. That's murder. It says here in, in uh, when he, they took the city of Jericho, they were to wipe out every man, woman, and child. God doesn't kill children. Merciful God does. It wasn't murder, it was judgment. Canaan was already passing their children through the fire. God was just taking them home. The rest of them were going to suffer for eternity. Understand that God's not an evil murderer, but He will bring His judgment. The whole time the nation of Israel, and from there you will go out and tell the world about me. That I'm there for them. I can deliver them. I can help them. But no, they didn't do what they were supposed to. But the idea is here, they don't, uh, we, we get into the word here, we don't like what we hear uh, when we hear it. And, and here's this Jewish, these Jewish guys in the synagogue going, man, he's telling us to eat of his flesh and drink of his blood. This is too hard. And they start murmuring. And Jesus says, does this offend you? Are you easily offended by the word of God? They found his words to be hard to hear and asked, who could know, know it, right? What was Jesus saying? The Jews knew uh, they were uh, not supposed to drink the blood of animals. I, I pointed that out earlier, right? They, that, that this was all like cannibalism. But often, uh, and so they found it hard to hear, but often the Bible is hard to understand. And that is why we must study. We must study to show ourselves approved, right? While this seems to be har uh, hard to hear, the truth is 
Jesus is trying to say that just as good food and drink sustains physical strength or, phys your, or your physical life, so Jesus, the real, reliable, spiritual food and drink, sustains his followers spiritually. His flesh and blood give eternal life to those who receive him. What was he saying? It's like when we partake in the Lord's Supper. We take the bread as his body. Uh, the juice is his blood. This doesn't become his literal body and blood. We're not developing. It's a representation. He's saying, look, my body is about to be broken for you. And I'm going to shed my blood so that you can all have eternal life. It's not a, but they can't get past this life. And that's what the problem is with Christians today. We can't get outside of the world. We love the world too much that we don't think about what's coming for eternity. See, this is just but a vapor. Eternity is coming for each and every one of us. You can't get outside of it. And, and there's only two places to spend eternity. Heaven or in a lake of fire. You will spend eternity somewhere. The question is, where do you want to spend eternity? Have you ever found yourself doubting the Word of God? There are some wild things in the Bible that seem really hard to believe, right? Honestly, Jonah really swallowed by a whale? Come on, that's just for children, right? That's just a children's story. I heard a story once where a teacher was talking to a young girl about whales. And he was telling her, you know, um, he understood that Kids understood the story about Jonah. And so this teacher starts telling this little girl, you know, whales are very large animals. But it's impossible for a whale to swallow, uh, to swallow a human being because their throats are very small. While they're a big animal, their throat is really small. And, of course, the little girl looks up at her teacher and says, well, but what about Jonah? Jonah was swallowed by a whale. And of course, the teacher becomes irritated and said, but I just told you, that's just a story. I just told you that it's not possible. And so the little girl says, well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah. And the irritated teacher looks at her and says, well, what if Jonah's in hell? She said, well, you can ask him then. So, so, <laughs> do you believe everything the Bible says? I mean, that's, that's the, the importance here. If you can believe Jonah was swallowed by a whale, then you can believe Jesus Christ can save you from your sins. That He is the key to salvation. That He is the way and the only way. Jesus tells us He is the only way of salvation in John 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto Him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Me. That's Jesus' own words. How do you deny what Jesus is telling us? Uh, Acts 4.12, they tell us later, you know, uh, in Acts 4.12, Luke says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, the name of Jesus Christ. You can put your faith in whatever you want to, but the Bible makes it clear, if it's not in Jesus Christ and Christ alone, you're not going to heaven. So if you're putting your faith and trust in your baptism, if you're putting your faith and trust in that, well, I'm a good person. Uh, let me remind you, good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do. Believers in Jesus Christ do. And that's the important thing to understand. The Bible makes it very clear. We are to follow the words of God, not the words of man. But the world doesn't like to hear this. 
many want to put their faith in their works, their baptism, or their religion. The fact is, the world needs to put their faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Look at verses 63 and 64. Jesus goes on to say, what, uh, or 63, it is, the spirit, it is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. There are some of you that believe not. What is Jesus saying? The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Right? The word of God is alive and nothing on the face of this earth can affect or change your... Because as I read the word of God, I saw that I needed to get away from that stuff because all it was going to do was lead me down a road of heartache. So the idea is that you need to believe all of it or none of it. Charles Spurgeon once said, I would recommend you either believe God up to the hilt or else not believe at all. Believe this book of God, every letter of it, or else reject it. There is no logical standing place between the two. Be satisfied with nothing less than a faith that swims in the deeps of divine revelation. A faith that paddles about the edge of the water is poor faith at best. It is little better than a dry land faith and is not good for much. So why should we not doubt the word of God? Why is it that we, we shouldn't doubt the word of God? Jesus asked these guys, are, do you doubt? Are you doubting it? Uh, doubting my word, basically? Um, are you offended? Why shouldn't we doubt it? Well, first and foremost, we shouldn't doubt it because it is the word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture. All means all, people. I don't care what anybody tries to tell you. All means all. All scripture. Every book, every jot, every tittle, every word is inspired of God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration in the Greek means breathed out. All scripture has been breathed out of God. Meaning every word came from God. It might have been a man who wrote it down, but it was God who gave it to man. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Everything you need in this life is in this book. It can help you in everything you go through. Why else should we uh, not doubt the word of God? Because it is truth. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul says, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. What was Paul saying here? Paul's saying, look, I thank God that what we were preaching to you, you understood it to be we were giving you the word of God, not our words. And that's what I want each and every one here. That's why I pray the way I do. What I'm giving you today is not what Jim Patzer believes. I do believe it, but it's not my beliefs. I'm giving you what God has given us. And I'm sharing with you what God has convicted in my life. I've always said, man, when I'm up here preaching, I'm preaching to me first. These messages, God spoke to me. These are things that I need in my life. Now I just get to share it with you. Because God wants you to hear it too. Why else should we not uh, doubt the word of God? Because God is perfect and his word is tried. 
Psalm 18, verse 30, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. That's huge. The word of, you know, God is perfect. No man is. But God is perfect in all His ways. So if He's perfect, why wouldn't we go to Him for wisdom? If He's perfect, His word is perfect. Right? And it says here too, His word has been tried. And people will tell you, they doubt the word of God. It's not the truth. It's written by men. But it's, it's the oldest book to survive of all time. It's, it's been preserved for us. The Hebrew Bible's been around for a very long time. And now, it's in, and now we've got a New Testament added to the Old Testament. And it's been preserved over time. Diocletian, thought he, uh, uh, a Roman emperor, thought he would wipe out all of the Bibles in Rome. Only the next king, Constantine, comes through and makes Christianity the, the nation's uh, religion. You're not going to get rid of the word of God. Psalm 18.30 says, As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried, right? And I love how it says, He is a buckler to all those. He is a, that buckler means that's a shield. That the buckler was the, the shield that they wore on there in front of them. He is a buckler to all those that trust in Him. He will protect you. So if you're going to believe it, uh, then we must obey it, right? Uh, we need to know the Word of God, but we may need to be doers of the Word of God too. James 2.10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. If you know what you're supposed to be doing and you're not doing it, you're sin. You're in sin. Christians will be held to a higher standard than a lost person because you should know better. Lost people... They're not reading their Bibles. They don't believe in God. So they, they're still going to suffer judgment. But a, a, a person, you know, who knows the truth, you know, it was, uh, I just was reading in Ezekiel today, you know, uh, uh, God tells Ezekiel, if I tell you somebody is uh, in jeopardy of dying and you don't warn them, I, I'm more telling you, hey, this person, what they're doing is going to cost them their life. And I tell you, and you don't warn them, their blood's on your head. But if you go and warn them and tell them what they're about to do is wrong and they don't listen to you, their blood's on them. That sounds a lot to me like, and again, in the context, he's talking about physical life. But as Christians, we know about eternal life. And we know Jesus is the only way. And if we're not sharing Jesus and we have opportunities, and we don't take those opportunities, that's a pretty harsh warning that their, their soul could be on us because we didn't take that opportunity. Now, if we share it and they reject it, it's not on us anymore. It's not on us anymore. So we either believe it all and obey it all, or we don't believe it, and therefore we will never obey God's word as we should. So, so far this morning, we've looked at how, to handle, uh, how we handle the word of God with doubt. Let's look at another question that Jesus gives us here in verse 70. Uh, in verse 70. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is the devil? Uh, this is dealing with people who deny the word of God, right? Who deny the truth. He, what is Jesus talking about here? We, we know as we read on verse 71, he's talking about Judas Iscariot. I chose twelve of you, but one of you is the devil. I think the warning that we can all heed here is that just because you faithfully attend church every Sunday, don't think you can't be a devil. 
a denier of, of the, I, I was talking with a, a pastor uh, just a few days ago, and I, I just mentioned, you know, I, 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 think, I think the rapture is going to happen on a Sunday. I think God likes to be humorous. I think God, it's not going to be humorous at the time, but uh, the reason I say that is because I think there's going to be a lot of people at the rapture sitting in church going, why am I still here? I, when I watched the movie Left Behind, uh, it was one of the things that actually helped my wife and I to get saved as we saw that. And in that movie, I was shocked that in the movie, it was an associate pastor or an assistant pastor was still there, left to live during the tribulation. He wasn't raptured out. and He was a pastor. If you deny the truth, even if it's just within yourself, you know, we can put on a front. I've, I've used it from before. I can walk into a hospital with a white jacket, throw a stethoscope over my neck, and walk through that hospital, and I look like a doctor, and most people wouldn't know it. But if I walked into your examination room, you'd be like, what are you doing here, Pastor? I don't you know. You're not looking at me. Go away. You don't know anything about medical field, right? You can help me spiritually, but go away medically, right? Well, no, I'm a doctor. Come on. I bought this coat. Just because we have a Bible and we show up to church on Sunday, if we're not doing the things we're supposed to be doing, you know, we're denying the truth. And we need to be obedient to God's word. That's key. Uh, and we see this. Um, Judas Iscariot sat at the feet of Jesus himself and was still a denier. He was a devil. There are those who pretend to follow Jesus, going to church for status, approval from family and friends, or to see what they can get from the church. These people do not want to separate themselves from the world. Judas allowed his selfish desires to keep him from following after Jesus. In John 12, verses 3 through 6, it says, Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had a bag, had the bag, and bare what was put therein. Uh, you know, uh, we see... You know, I, I talk about a, an associate pastor that is left behind in the rapture. I think there's going to be a lot of proclaiming pastors who are going to be standing there because they're just like Judas Iscariot. They're more concerned about the money getting in that money bag. They're more concerned about the number of people sitting in those pews than they are the souls of those people in those pews. Judas was a tragic figure influenced by Satan. Why not? Satan started it all, right? Look at Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. What was Satan's problem? 
What is anyone's problem <coughs> that denies the truth of God? It's an eye problem. Satan had an eye problem. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. And we get the same way. I will sit on the throne of my life, not Jesus. I will make the decisions of what I do in my life, not Jesus. I will do what makes me happy. And that's what we get into. We do not want some eternal creator telling us what to do. We choose to serve self rather than God. Sitting Bull once said, Inside me there are two dogs. One is mean and evil, and the other one is good. And they fight all the time. And somebody once asked Sitting Bull, Well, which one wins? The one I feed the most. See, there is a war raging in this. We have this present world view, and there's a war, a war raging between the world and between the Word. What's going to impact you more? The world or the Word? It's going to be the one you feed the most. You're going to spend more time in the world, then the world's going to have its way with you. But if you spend more time in the Word, then the Word will have its way with you. James 4.4 4 is a very, very good, I mean, the, the very convicting verse for those of you who choose to live in the world. Ye adulterers and adulteresses. That's harsh. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. He's not saying that you can't be in the world to reach people of the world. He's saying you're being a part of the world. You look like the world. Ask yourself, is what I'm about to do going to bring honor and glory to God? Or is it going to make me look just like the world? I think that would help us with a lot of the choices uh, that the world is saying is okay. Um, what is going to please God? When we choose to love this present world more than we love God, then we are no different than Judas or Lucifer. When we choose the world, we deny the truth. Thus, we deny Jesus, and we deny Jesus. Uh, we deny um, Jesus. We are, uh, and when we deny Jesus, we are of our father, the devil. That's what happens. We become. Of, we are more like our father, the devil. The only way to become a child of God is by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Lost people have no problem. They're following the father, the devil. Uh, believers. I mean, if you're denying the word of truth. You're just like Judas. And again, are you a believer? You need to ask yourself. So up to this point, we have seen uh, two questions from Jesus regarding doubting God's word and denying God's word. Now let's look at uh, a real key verse. This is, the, this is the meat of the message right here. This is what I want you to get out of it. Verse 67. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will ye also go away? Here he's talking to his disciples, right? Will ye also go away? He's seen that some disciples, he's talking to his, the core guys, the twelve, the apostles. He's seeing disciples that did not like what they heard and they've walked away. They've left him. 
makes that very clear in this passage. But right here, he says, will ye also go away? The question is, uh, I just said, you've got to choose the world or the word. Are you going to choose the word? Or are you going to walk away and go the way of the world? Uh, G, we, uh, Paul warns us, Demas. Remember the story of Demas. Demas, a follower of, of Christ. But he loved this present world more than he loved Jesus, and Demas walked away. That was Demas's legacy. We don't ever hear about Demas again. Our focus, uh, again, uh, I, I don't, and, uh, what I want you to see here is our focus, not so much on the question. It's a great question Jesus asked. It ties into what we're wanting to look. But look at how Paul, an or I mean how Peter answers it here in uh, 68 and 69. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. That needs to be your answer to that very question. Will you walk away? Do you believe that God has given you the words of eternal life? Do you believe, uh, as he says there, um, thou hast the words of eternal life? Do you believe that he is the Lord, the Christ? The question is, where else can you go? What other place can you go to then? If you're not to the Word of God, where else can you go? This is the greatest book ever written. It's the only book that is holy. Okay? It is the only book. There is no other book that can do for you what the Bible can do. This is the only book that tells you where you came from, how you're to live your life, and where you'll be going when it all comes to an end. It's the only book. No other book can tell you that. The most important book ever written, and it is eternal. Isaiah 40, verse 8 says, The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. 1 Peter 1, 23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And uh, in same uh, chapter, in verse 25, uh, Peter says, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. God's word will endure forever, long after we're gone. Paul, who penned it. Luke, who penned it. Moses, who penned it. All these men are gone. The word of God is still here. The word of God is still here. It'll be here long after we're gone, and it will be, I, I won't be surprised, it'll probably still be a book we can open up in heaven. We'll be aware of everything then, but this book is eternal, so it will still be existing. It is God's Word. Jesus has the words of eternal life, and He is the Son of the living God. Once we realize this, now we are expected to do something with it. The Bible tells us, to whom much is given, much is required. Luke 12, verse 48. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given of him shall be much required. And to whom men have committed much of him, they will ask the more. We have been given the word of God, now we're required to share it. Regardless of how unpopular it is in the world today. We have a responsibility. I said earlier, we will be held to a higher standard than others. 
because we know the Word of God and therefore we need to share the Word of God. We need to let people know how they too can be in heaven with us one day. God is not willing that any should perish. But understand, people need to understand that because of their sin, they're separated from God. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But therefore, understand that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so we can have eternal life because of what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It is our responsibility to preach the truths of God's Word. And what I've just given you is the truth of God's Word. And we should all rejoice. Christians have no reason, no reason whatsoever to be bitter and angry people. We should be rejoicing in the fact that we are going to spend eternity in heaven one day. And it's through that joy that we carry in our hearts that Jesus can be seen and the light shines, but when we allow bitterness and anger to get in, and we become that way, our light is dimmed. It's like we're hiding our light under a bushel. We can't do that. We must share the truth, and we have to have joy in our hearts, because that way we can share the truth. And how, how do we do it? How do you confront somebody in their sin and not offend them? Ephesians 4 tells us, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. We need to speak the truth, but we need to do it in a loving way. We, we can't be uh, screaming down somebody's throat that they're going to burn in hell if they don't turn. Turn or burn! Some people might need that scare tactic. But man, when we're trying to reach somebody, we, they need to see the love of Jesus too. Jesus is the truth. If we don't handle the truth as disciples, how will the world know the truth? Say that again. Jesus is the truth. And if we don't handle the truth as disciples of Jesus, how will the world come to know the truth? Believers, we live in a crazy world today. The challenge for you today is how will you handle the truth? Will you doubt God's word and do things your way? Or will you be a devil and just deny the truth altogether? Or will you be a disciple of Christ, devouring the Word of God so that you can share it? Building your strength up spiritually so you can go forth and bring the Word to a lost world. Will you obediently serve Him with your life regardless of this present world view? Why not commit today to being a disciple of Christ. With everybody, if you're able to stand, please everybody stand with your head bowed and eyes closed. I'd like to offer a moment of invitation. Every head bowed, every eye closed. No looking around. How are you handling the word of truth this morning? Are you a doubter of the word? And you, maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you know, oh man, there's some things I haven't been faithful in doing because I've doubted myself, I've doubted the word. If you're one of those doubters and that's you this morning, you know, you, you'd like me to pray for you. Lift your hand in the air. I'd, I'd love to pray. Amen. There we go. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. There are things that we just sometimes, we want to doubt it rather than do it. 
Maybe you're here this morning, you're denying the word of truth. Maybe you've never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're not 100% sure today that if you were to die, you'd spend eternity in heaven today. If that's you this morning, I'd love to pray for you. If you just slip your hand in the air, I'd love to pray for you. Anybody here like that, never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let today be your day of salvation. You can leave this building knowing that today, if anything were to happen to you, you'd spend eternity in heaven. God is not willing that any should perish. He wants all to come to repentance. Maybe you're here, uh, maybe you are a disciple and you're devouring the word of God. Praise the Lord. We need more people like that. Whatever, wherever you are in this, I want, as the music plays, take this time to just go ahead and, and take this time, pray about it. Maybe you're here this morning and um, God's convicting you about something. Don't be afraid to come forward to an old-fashioned altar. Uh, be obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading and deal with what it is that you're going through uh, right here at an old-fashioned altar with God. As the music plays, this time is yours.